This is the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. Join Paul as he chats with today's green industry experts and leaders about how to build a successful business and live a purposeful life. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. A warm welcome from the beautiful state of Georgia. Today is our 50th episode of the Green Industry Podcast, a milestone we are celebrating around here. Mr. Producer's pumped up, I'm pumped up, and I want to say a special thank you to everybody who has been along for the journey, whether this is uh, your first episode or you've listened to all 50 as I've had many people uh, DM me on Instagram saying they binge listen and have listened to every episode. When are you dropping a new one, Paul? And uh, that really honestly um, inspires me, motivates me, encourages me. So thank you to everybody who's been a part. And uh, thanks to everyone who's um, dropped the reviews in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Uh, the ratings, the reviews that you drop, especially in iTunes, that's where most of the traffic comes from. Uh, it's very helpful. I'm excited for today's show. We're going to talk about pricing, uh, raising our rates, and uh, just kind of what I've learned over a decade of making a lot of mistakes and uh, kind of get into the details of what I kind of think about when I'm assembling uh, my quotes and my pricing. This episode of the Green Industry Podcast is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations and customer service all in one place go check them out at getjobber.com backslash i am backslash green industry podcast backslash and of course that link is in our show's notes well it is very important that we charge the proper pricing in our businesses or we will be a hamster in the wheel just working uh, for free or actually losing money. And so having the right price is of utmost importance. It was interesting yesterday, I went to Kroger, that's the main grocery store, well, one of the main grocery stores here in Atlanta, and it was 97 degrees. And we had seven maintenances to do. And it's hot. <laughs> it's very hot. So I load up a cooler and uh, throw a bunch of water in there to stay hydrated. And I go to the um, gas station part of Kroger and they sell these bags of ice that's been for the last couple of years that I can remember a $1.99 for a 10 pound bag. They have a 20 pound bag too, but it's more money. And I just get the, the, the 10 pound is seems to be enough uh, to get through the, the hot summer Georgia day. Well, I go to pay for it and the clerk says $2 and 13 cents. And I said, I, you know, I thought it was a dollar 99 and she's like, well, they actually raised the price 10 cents. And I said, okay. So I, I bought it and I just, just remember that. Well, then I go to Dunkin' Donuts, which Coffee on a 97 degree day is probably not the wisest uh, decision uh, for it makes you dehydrated. But I um, and I'm trying to get out of debt and follow the Dave Ramsey plan and live scorched earth. So I don't, you know, try to spend any extra money. I've actually been grocery shopping at Aldi, uh, which is really low prices and trying to just live as frugal as possible. So I kind of had a little bit of a slip up there by um, the temptation to roll into Dunkin' Donuts. And um, instead of getting like a shot of espresso or some expensive coffee, I got the cheapest one I could get. I just got one small coffee. And uh, she tells me the price. I forget what the exact price was because I thankfully I don't go there. I make my own coffee at home most mornings. Well, long story short, I said, wow, that's a lot for a small cup of coffee. Are you sure you rang that up correctly? And she says, actually, I did. She says, we just raised the price by 10 cents. And this was just mind blowing to me because I'm thinking, OK, Kroger, they're raising their rates and you don't really notice it because it's just 10 cents. And then Dunkin' Donuts, and maybe you notice if you go there every day, but I wouldn't have noticed it. I just thought I, I had this memory because it was $2 and something for a small cup of coffee. And I remember I was at Bob Evans one time with my grandpa, and I know he likes to drink coffee, 
but he wouldn't order a coffee at, at uh, or actually we were at Cracker Barrel. It was Cracker Barrel, uh, which I love both of those. Cracker Barrel, Bob Evans. I, I love breakfast, breakfast for dinner, breakfast for lunch, breakfast for breakfast. I just, I like breakfast foods. Well, anyway, I said, Grandpa, why aren't you going to get a coffee? And he kind of stared at me and he says, $2 for a cup of coffee. And he's, he's a very wealthy man. And he, he, but he explained to me, he's like, I can't justify paying $2 for a cup of coffee. It's just outrageous. I mean, the, the cost, to, you know, you can make a cup of coffee at home for, you know, probably 10 to 15 cents, uh, depending on, you know, when you calculate the coffee maker into it over time, all that. I don't know. Uh, let's say under 20 cents for sure. And so, but in his mind, he grew up in the Great Depression and he's not going to spend a, a unnecessary $2. And when you live 90 plus years with that, wound from the great depression and that frugality you know you save a lot of money and so anyway i just thought that was interesting that these companies kroger a big grocery store chain dunkin donuts a big coffee chain they're increasing their rates so subtly and so you know so incrementally small i mean in our industry in you know in service industry if we raised our rates by a dime it's not going to move the needle much if you're charging $55 you go to $55.10 it's not going to do much but when you're charging $2 for a bag of ice or $2 for a cup of coffee with the ratios increasing it by a dime is you know it's, it's quite a bit but it really inspired me to make sure that I'm staying proactive in raising the rates because we're facing inflation and we just need to make sure that we're as profitable as possible. And of course, the market, I mean, if Kroger was charging $8 a bag for the bag of ice, right next to that Kroger was a BP gas station. And I don't know their price for a bag of ice, but it had to be, you know, in the $2 range to, to stay competitive. So we, you know, tread a very unique line because we need to respect the market and our customers have power because they can go to who, you know, they can go to our competition if our prices are outrageous. Yet we want to find that sweet spot where we're as profitable as possible to what the market will allow. And for me, I focus more on making sure that I'm providing value to my customers because when I'm providing value and I'm a, I'm a blessing to my customers, I am making their properties look as beautifully as I can. It's, it's as stress-free with all the automatic, automatic, automated, thank you, Mr. Producer, automated billing and just an easy, smooth experience. I'm adding value to their life. I'm making their property look beautiful. They come home from work and they're like, they're proud to pull in their driveway. Man, my yard looks good. Paul and his team's doing a great job. They, they, they don't mind paying me and I can increase my rate in these incremental ways and folks will say it's okay. And what I want to talk about today is also, you know, increasing our rate with new customers. So we're going to talk about both. How do we increase our rate with our existing customers and how do we increase our rate with new customers? It is now time for today's Jobber Minute. Should I quote a job when my customer is around or is it okay to just invoice them once the job is complete without ever quoting them? It's best practice to always quote before doing the work. Think of it as a bit of extra work up front that will save you a lot of problems down the line and make you look more professional than anyone who isn't quoting. The good news is you don't have to wait for the client to be around. Jobber lets you create quotes and invoices on site or in the office and send them out right to your client portal. From there, 
clients can approve the documents, make changes, or even pay. In short, creating the quote ahead of time will save you a lot of headache, and using Jobber to organize quotes and accept payment make payment easier. And using Jobber to organize quotes and accept payment makes payment easier than ever for your client, which means they're more likely to pay you in full and pay you faster. So I want to talk about pricing for our specific companies, and I have to give a little bit of a disclaimer, and that is prices are going to dramatically vary depending on where you are in the world, as they say in real estate, location, 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 and you know what services you're offering. However, I have so many messages and requests to cover pricing and so I'm going to tackle it to the best of my ability. I just want to put that disclaimer out there. And the other disclaimer is this is evergreen content. I'm creating this in August of 2019. And, you know, hopefully people will be finding the podcast years from now. They'll be binge listening. They'll go through this episode. And who knows what's going to transpire in the local economy where you live. I mean, there could be World War Three, or who, I mean, whatever could happen that could affect the economy and the pricing. And so the numbers that I'm throwing out, you know, just take it with a grain of salt. I think I've mentioned before in a previous episode, the University of Georgia here in obviously Georgia, I <laughs> put on a great uh, class. I think somehow it's partnered in with our state. But anyway, I, I went there one day where they did a whole all day teaching. It was basically like a whole semester of schooling broken down into one day. I mean, you just they had some Chick-fil-A there in the morning and some coffee and you just get your notes and just go to town all day uh, studying pricing and one thing that I took away from that course is, you know, we spent hours going through any and every possible expense that could happen in our business. And I mean, the easiest way to do that is just to look back on your bank statements from the previous year and really analyze every penny that you spent, whether it's overhead from the basic stuff like general liability insurance and all your vehicle insurance and equipment insurance and, and you know, all your insurances, all your taxes, all your equipment, all the uh, labor, all, all the obvious stuff. But then there's a whole bunch of little stuff that we pay out in expenses, supplies and subscriptions and memberships and all this stuff that we, you know, you don't want to slip through the cracks that we want to make sure that everything's very thoroughly calculated. So we know how much is actually costing to run a business. It was funny when I was just starting out, you know, following these YouTube videos. And, and, and like I said earlier in the program, there's a lot of good stuff on the internet, but there's also a lot of stuff you got to be a little bit careful what you digest because there's guys, you know, showing off, hey, I made $500 in five hours. I make $100 an hour. And that can be a little bit deceiving because if you make $100 an hour at, let's say, 40 hours a week at 52 weeks a year, I mean, that's over $200,000 a year. And most guys cutting grass aren't making profit $200,000 a year or landscaping or, or whatever you're doing. And so What's deceitful about a lot of those videos is, yeah, you may have made 500. I'm just throwing out generic, generalized numbers. But if you make $500 in five hours, that's one day and that was your top line revenue. But what's not calculated in there is all of, did you have any job materials for making that $500? Was it pure just labor? Did you have to pay a labor? Did, you know, all the overhead of, um, the company plus the truck that you drove to get the work done that cost money the gas to put in that truck the 
repairs eventually on that truck, all of the equipment you use to do the job that you had to buy and that you probably have, hopefully have insurance on that equipment in case it gets stolen. And all, I mean, there's so many different variables. And so I think it's just important that we're careful because a lot of people on the internet, you know, show off all these numbers and this, that, and the other, but really got to be uh, honest with ourselves and realistic. And it's good to, I'm, I'm all about making money. I'm all about make the most top line you can and make the most bottom. I mean, more importantly is make the, you know, highest profit bottom line dollar. That's why we're in business. And, you know, a, a main point of the business is to be profitable is to make money uh, and do it with honesty, do it with integrity, do it with, you know, uh, putting so much value for our customers and um, working with excellence, of course. But I want to talk about making sure that our, our prices um, are accurate. And so back to the course at, at the University of Georgia, it was just very helpful for me when you really face the truth of what you're really dishing out in overhead, what you're really dishing out in supplies and job materials and, and any and every expense of your business. It's important to understand those numbers when we begin to uh, set our prices. And I'm also, uh, John Pajak, he's been very helpful. Um, he's been on the show before a couple of times. And, uh, you know, we did a very similar uh, diagnosis of, is that a word, Mr. <laughs> <as the> producer? <laughs> That's what they do for the cars, diagnostic. Well, we, we analyzed, John went through and analyzed. He just basically asked me every question um, that he could think of that, would be an expense in my business. It was very similar to the stuff we did at University of Georgia. So I came up with what it costs to run my business um, each week, each month, each year. And then John and I came up with a magic number for my business of what my goal should be uh, top line revenue each hour. Um, obviously, job materials aren't calculating that, but what, what I need to be charging per hour to make sure that I am uh, running a profitable operation. And I'm not going to share that specific number because it, 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 it just is so many variables for your area, your um, different expenses. But I will say the, the, the market average for Atlanta right now is about $55 per man per hour. So if you got a two-man crew, you want to set a target goal of bringing in $110 per hour. If you got a three-man crew, you want to be bringing in, you know, over $150 an hour. And so it just depends how many guys you have. And those, those, those don't take those numbers and be like, oh, that's got to be my goal. I am just as about as giving you the average of what the labor rate in Atlanta is now. And, of course, there's companies that charge way less than that. And, um, you know, I'm talking – the big reputable companies with a lot of overhead that are competitive, you know, they're, they're going to bill you 50, 55, $60 per man per hour. Now, what I've found a lot of success with, cause I, I don't really view my competition as competition. I, I view them more as we're on the same team because I, I, I'm friends with most of my competition in the neighborhood I work in because I'm very uh, confident in my customers that if someone else comes and knocks on their door and says, oh, hey, I'll, I'd like to do your yard. I'll give you a discount or a deal or a coupon or something. They'll just politely say, oh, no, thank you. We're very happy with our current service provider, which is me because we're just knocking it out of the park. Our, 
our yards look very, very good. And um, I just stay on top of it and um, our customers are happy. But that being said, I talked to the other landscapers and um, lawn care services and, and service companies in the neighborhood because I want to know what what, you, what are you charging? What, what are you charging? And some guys will talk and some guys won't. But the guys who will really talk are the guys at the nurseries and um, the the yards. I, I'm constantly talking to them. Hey, what's what what are you hearing? What's the labor rate right right now? What are people charging? And I'm I mean I'm asking all the time because I'm just trying to stay on top of the specific market here in my backyard in Atlanta, what the customers are charging, because I want to be charging as much as I can. And you want it to be reasonable though. You you don't want to be outrageous, but I want to be at the high end, top end of the market, um, which is going to increase the profits and not the higher I can charge. And so I'm constantly asking, uh, you know, the guys at the nursery, what are people charging to spread a yard of mulch? What are people charging to spread a bale of pine straw? What are people charging to install sod? What ways are they charging? Because there's so many different ways you can charge. If you do a sod installation, there's so many different ways you can quote the job. And I'm just trying to to really find the most profitable way to present the quote to the customer and uh, to do these jobs at the highest profits uh, possible. I was on Instagram this morning and the pond digger who's been on the show before he had this quote that he said, when a customer complains that they can find another company to offer them a lower price to remember, you can find another customer that will pay you a higher price. And so it's just important for me, the more information that I can gather about pricing and about what other companies are charging, what the markets basically doing right now in my area, then the more confident I get when I present the rate to my customer because I've done thorough research. I know what the other companies are charging. I know what my overhead is. I just, I like to know all the numbers. I like to be as confident as possible when I present the price to my customer that it's the right price, meaning it's fair to them and it's going to be profitable for me um, when it's all said and done because I'm out here to make money. I'm out here to be profitable. And that's why I have these conversations with the guys at the sod uh, farm. Why I have the conversations with the guy at the yard. Why I have the conversations with the guys at the nursery. Why I have conversations with my competition. And why I have um, conversations if, you know, if I'm in someone else's neighborhood, hey, what what do they charge to cut your grass? Even though that person's ever going to be my customer, I just, I'm always learning uh, because it gives me more confidence and power when I'm negotiating and when I'm uh, dropping my quotes because I know my numbers are correct. And I've spent a decade, you know, making the mistakes of undercharging or doing a job and leaving out something in the quote that I didn't even consider. I didn't realize it was going to take that long. And so those are all things that I've had to clean up over the years. But I would just encourage anybody listening, depending whether you live in Ireland or Michigan or California or Texas or New York or here in Georgia, it's different for different regions. But talk to folks and learn what people are charging and then, you know, sync that up with what are your expenses and you should be able to find, you know, a good price 
uh, that is profitable. Back to Dunkin' Donuts and Kroger. I mean, these companies have so many people that are crunching the numbers, that are analyzing the profit and loss statements, and they are very strategic and intentional with raising the price of the ice by 10 cents, raising a small cup of coffee by 10 cents, and they're on top of it. And so in our businesses, uh, I'm just encouraged to continually be increasing my rate and you know, my prices for 2019 better be higher than they were for 2018. And our economy has been just booming like crazy the last few years. And why we're on such a white hot, you know, uphill, um, you know, when the roller coaster is going uphill, it just keeps going up, 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 up. That's how the economy is right now. It's just it's so well, um, it's so hot here in Atlanta. We need to be raising our prices. And, you know, that's my intention is to always be when I'm quoting a new job, you know, when I'm quoting new work to a new customer, I'm continually to inch it up a little bit more and a little bit more. What I charged per uh, square foot of sod uh, is higher than it was even a few months ago. I'm just continually increasing it incrementally. And our customers will let us know how we're doing. If, if, if they're ever, if everyone's saying, no, 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 your price is too high, then, you know, that's a, sign we got to drop the price a little bit but if we're dropping the quotes and the customers are all saying yes 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 then our prices are probably too low we need to be somewhere in the middle where you know we're getting a, a quite a bit of no's um, but the ones that we are getting yeses for are you know very profitable and uh, very worth our time so I've been increasing my prices and I've been doing it very intentionally you know I study in-depth, you know, what I'm paying per uh, square foot of sod, per yard of mulch, delivered, per p- bale of pine straw, a- any any job material that I would have, uh, the, the pallet of rock, you name it. I know exactly what I'm paying for that product delivered to the job site. And then I know what I need to charge to, inc- to, to increase the um, material rate. And then I know what I need to charge for my labor rate to make sure I'm profitable. And it's something that I don't ever want to get complacent or behind the times in and just staying proactive to, to keep these conversations going within the community and with, with my suppliers to make sure that I'm always on the higher end of the spectrum, that I'm charging uh, more than enough um, because I, I have been incredibly wounded from being the hamster in a wheel and I'm never going back to that. If I'm going to be working I want it to be fruitful. I want it to be uh, profitable. I want it to be productive. And that all uh, rests on making sure, of course, that the operation is efficient, but that the price is the correct price. All right, so now I want to talk about raising the rates for our actual existing customers, which I've had to do because several years ago, my uh, rates were just way too low when I didn't fully understand everything that I should have been calculating into this. And then since my rates have been a little bit better, uh, I still want to stay in the habit, just like Duncan, just like Kroger, increasing those rates of continually increasing my rates. So I got this letter. Uh, one of my friends works for a gigantic you know, company, and they forward me the rate increase letter that their company did, and, and they're in more of a healthcare related uh, you know industry but I you know copied some of the 
way that they wrote that letter and then added my own language to it. And, and I'm just going to read it to you. So um, you can um, use this however you like. It's, it, it is the vision of the Jameson Management Group, that's my company, to make your landscape beautiful, pristine, and looking its best. So I'm just opening it up real light. And then I said, over the years, we've worked hard to provide excellent quality work with integrity and reliability, which that's, you know, our customers uh, would hopefully agree with that. And then I said, next paragraph, this letter is to inform you of an impending price increase effective. And then I put the date. So I opened it up real light, real, uh, you know, I kind of set them up and then I, I just made it as clear as I could. That's just one sentence, and it it covers what you need to know. This letter is to inform you of an impending price increase, effective, and then insert the date. It's as simple as that. And then I put in the next paragraph, in order to maintain the level of service you've come to expect from the Jameson Management Group, we will be implementing a moderate price increase to absorb the increased underlying cost of our services. The services affected will be, and then I wrote all the, the services, and then I put their current rate, and then I put the new rate with the new date, and then uh, I sent it to them. And I, I do this frequently. Now, I've had it to where some customers would drop me after I rate my moderate price increase, which, you know, was a, was a win-win because I, 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 I want customers at the right price and if someone's not going to be loyal to me over five or ten dollars or you know a a moderate price increase then you know I'm a loyal person a faithful person so I'd I'd rather you know I mean I'd rather continue working relationships with people who will say oh absolutely uh, you're worth every penny of it Um, we'll gladly continue and then many customers say that you know they'll say okay yeah that that's reasonable and then we just keep this thing going. And it's good to let your customers, you know, just get them in the habit that you moderately increase your rates, you know, every year or every, you know, so often so that the next time you do it, they're not shocked or surprised and that you don't bump the amount so much that it makes them, you know, uncomfortable. But that way you can stay ahead of inflation and just continue. Like I said, we're here to make money. We're here to Uh, to be profitable. So I do that with existing customers and I'm always trying to stay ahead of the game um, with the new customers, just making sure uh, that I'm charging enough. And then I've had some interesting conversations recently because there have been times where I've given a low price intentionally to a customer because I wanted to make sure I got the job. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Now, there's a huge danger in not offering the right price because you can lose money. And so there are times, though, where it might be, and this is very, 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 very isolated situations, where it might be a good idea to charge a lower price to ensure you get the job. But that's not good to do normally. And if you're desperate and you're like, oh, I just want to make sure I get the job and you offer a low price, you're actually... Um, if you don't do it with a real intentional purpose, you're going to be in worse shape because then you're going to spend hard energy, time, resources to get that job done. You're not going to be making enough money and it would have been better not to even take it on the job at the wrong price. And so the times I'm talking about, for example, Walmart, 
they'll, you know, I think that's in Arkansas, they have these meeting rooms. I watched the film about it once when I was in college where the companies come in and they negotiate the price. And sometimes the companies will do it at a price that's not good for them, but they just want to get their brand in Walmart because their leverage is, well, if we can get our brand in Walmart, then so many people would just see our brand. And then on all of our other product lines, we'll have higher prices. And, you know, they're taking a gamble, but that's why they would do a price that's not the best for them, but they want to get in Walmart. And so for me, there's been a couple of times, you know, with these famous athletes that I've given them a little bit better of a price because I just wanted to to get their account because I knew it would open so many doors and every single time it's worked out where I'm not going to go through, but the few customers that I've given them a discount to get their account, then it all worked out with all the um, other uh, situations that have occurred that it worked out in my favor financially and in all kind of other ways. Uh, but like I said, if you, because I would do this early on in my first or second year of business, I would go through the quote and then I'd be like, oh, well, I better charge less than that because I know the other company could do it, let's say, for $1,000. I'm like, oh, well, I better give them a price for $800 just to make sure I get the the job. And then I get the job and I barely make any money or I lose money. It was a disaster. I should have charged 1200 or 1400 or 1600 or more. You know what I mean? And so if it's just the average Joe, regular customer, don't lower your price. Whatever you think you should charge, even add some more onto that and charge that because we want to be making money. And so that's just a very one-off, isolated situation. If you want to get a job um, and you feel like you should offer a little bit lower of a price just to nail the job, but that that's very, very, very risky. And I've only done that a few times and it's all worked out, but I do not do that you know, 90% of the time I do not do that now. I mean, it is, I have my rate. I don't care who you are. This is the rate. I have to be profitable and I just charge that price. And if I get the job, I get the job. If I don't get the job, there's 7 billion people on this planet. There's millions of customers here in Atlanta. Um, It's a big city, so there might not be millions in your area. It might be thousands, but there's still, there's another customer that will pay you. I guarantee you there's the prices that I have set that I want to make, there's customers here that will pay that price gladly. And it'll be a win-win situation. So I love that quote, Eric. I shared it earlier. The customers complain about the price. There's another customer out there that will pay that price um, as long as it's, you know, reasonable. So enough said. Mr. Producer said we got it. That is that is good. I think we covered it all um, that we needed to cover in this show. We will talk much more about pricing in the future. I've just, you know, scratch the surface, but I wanted to cover how I do my rate increase letter and that I'm constantly increasing my rates, um, you know, month after month, year after year, uh, we need to be charging than we were last month or last year and, uh, making sure that we fully understand our numbers and our expenses and that we are uh, running profitable businesses. Well, thank you for listening. Mr. Producer, do you have those? Uh, there we go. As advertised, I wanted to uh, thank the people who have been leaving reviews in iTunes. It means a lot. Um, 67 Tundra says, a five-star rating. Thank you. He says, thanks for asking some great questions and providing good content. Can't wait to listen to episode 101. Going to GIE for the first time this year, and I'm pumped. That's awesome. Greg with TLM, Law and Maintenance. Five-star review. 
Thank you, Greg. And he says, I look forward to the podcast. It's great to keep up with everything going on in the industry. Keep up the good work. And then uh, I think I read last show, Chad with Ishmael and Improvements. Five stars says, thanks, Paul, for the awesome content. And uh, he wrote a lot. I appreciate that, Chad. I uh, wish with Ishmael land improvement. So thank you to everybody who uh, leaves us ratings, leaves us review in iTunes. It's just been extraordinary. The momentum that we've been picking up in there. And it, it, it's so uh, much because you just take the 30 seconds to leave a rating, a review. And um, that tells iTunes search engines somehow, Hey, we like this show. And then they feature it more and um, it just keeps growing and gaining momentum. So I appreciate it. Mr. Producer appreciates it. And uh, on this milestone 50th episode, we just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen, rate, and review. And also thank you to Jobber. This episode of the Green Industry Broadcast has been brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Start a free trial or sign up today to receive 20% off your first six months. You can find out more. Go into my show notes here and uh, the link is in there. Or if you have a great memory, it is getjobber.com backslash I am backslash green industry podcast backslash. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks for the ratings and reviews in iTunes or wherever you listen to the green industry podcast. 